This podcast is created using Anchor. Welcome to the Swirl with Brie and Dave. Welcome to the Swirl. The Swirl with Brie and Dave. I'm Dave. <laughs> and I'm Brie. And we're here because <laughs> we're in the pits of Mordor. We're Mordor. Out, we're inside the pits of Doom, the mountain of Doom. Hello, everyone. Hello. We've decided to broadcast this week. From, from England. Yes, we're English this week. <laughs> I don't know why, but here we are. Here we are, everyone. Hi. Hi. We're back in the studio, a.k.a. the office. We are. We're in, in New York. <clears throat> well, we were in New York before. We were just in... Oh, yeah. Brighton Beach. Beach. So now, now we're, we're back. back home. We're back at our We apartment. hope you enjoyed our episode on location. Yeah. And um, it was it was unedited. Getting to know, yes, yes, yes. We That's went why back was, to raw. It was so long because I couldn't actually take out any of the pauses. There was one epic, legendary, minute-long pause where I was searching for something, and Eek. yeah, and you had to start making up a tune. It was it was amazing. Oh, what I did the elevator music. Yeah, you did some elevator music. It really, um, really brightened up the whole, um, yeah, amateurishness of the enterprise. You're welcome. Um, that leads me to my first correction of the week. Correction, I know your father. Which is just that I want to apologize to everyone because we have a thing that we do on the Swirl with Brian Day, which is every episode ends with. The and words scene. and scene. And last week, what happened was because we were on location, I had recorded on directly into my Anchor app. And it's really hard. First of all, it's really hard to edit from the Anchor app, which I love Anchor. Anchor's great. We love you, Anchor. But it's really helpful if you have like a garage band <laughs> or some sort. You're not quite good enough. And the other problem was was I realized that we were we were poolside for the interview with Rashidra Scott and Rich Malanga and. Um, and we did a minute. We 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 didn't do the end scene, so we did a minute later uh, to get the end scene in. And when we recorded into my anchor app, it just it just was muffled and didn't work. So horrible. It was awful, and we had to end the episode without it because then I had it. When I got back to it, I had realized we had not actually accomplished it. And by then, it was midnight, and I thought no. Um, what may happen today when I'm about to really find cares, out. I know. But for me, it, it hey, you feeds know, the into first my thing OCD. I want to say is Shana Tova. Oh, thanks, babe. Okay, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Babe, tell everybody about the Jewish New Year. Well, it's uh, Rosh Hashanah. It's the year 5781, I think. I may be just making that up, but I think I saw that it was 5780. Or that, yeah, 5780, which is w- w- when the pandemic hit. Um, so it's just the Jewish New Year. It's you know that's kind of when, uh, you know, when the Jews figure history began, uh, and we mark it with uh, you know it's a it's a joyous celebration. We celebrated it uh, last night with my daughter's birthday. Yes, because guess what, Maddie is third. <clears throat> thirty. 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 Honey. And uh, we went to, what was the name of that restaurant? Because we really should give it a shout out. It was this Italian you guys, place the... downtown. Okay, stop talking. You just asked me, but you, you're not giving me room to tell you. Because I, I know the name of it. I don't know the name. The name of the restaurant is called Altra Paradiso. Mm. And I don't know if you guys have watched um, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Mm. But, I mean, who hasn't really? But um, 
the star of that show, I, uh, her name is Samin Nazrat, and she's amazing, and I just like to watch her eat food. Anyway, she loves this restaurant, and uh, Maddie wanted to go to it for her birthday. Uh, as some of you may know, Maddie spent four years in Ferrara, Italy. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, teaching. Yeah. And uh, teaching and, kids. Yeah. English. Yeah. And um, she became just like basically Italian and she's fluent and she loves the food she makes the food she makes like homemade noodles so we got her a pasta maker um, for her birthday because she actually like cuts them herself and they were turning up to be a little thick which I think are delicious but she was like they're still they need to be thinner and I need like an actual pasta maker so we got her one but anyway um she it loves Italian food and so like our job is to always find like the best Italian in the city which is hard because there's some great food in New York City and Luckily, we got to eat outside. It was kind of a brisk night, but we went down to Soho and had a delicious meal. Everything, Everything was delicious. I honestly, everyone's meal, everyone's bit of food mm. that I, I've almost never had an experience like that where every single bite of everything was incredible. It, to the point where we ordered a panna cotta for uh, dessert, Amen. which we actually it was so good, but there were three. Maraschino cherries on it that had been you know treated or whatever. Mm-hmm. They and, were they were like salted cherries. And and there were mm. only three, but there were four of us, and it was so good. I didn't get to partake of one of the cherries the first time around, so we ordered a second one, and then I did. And Amen. I've got to say, it was worth it. That dessert. Oh. Oh, everything. So, what was the name of it again, babe? Altra Paradiso. Okay, shout out to them. Uh, so. That's how we celebrated Maddie happy Altro. birthday. Altro. Altro. Thank pa- you. Paradiso. Mm-hmm. Down in Soho. Spring Street. Um, we love you, Maddie. You're an amazing... We love you, Maddie. And guess what? Let's talk about the 30th birthday. I just wanted oh. to know, David, where were you at 30? Los Angeles, California. We had a home birth. <laughs> Videotaped. <laughs> that you had Maddie when you were 30. Uh, no. Oh, when I was 30. Yeah, I want to know when you were 30. Yeah, I was, well, no, I was a father, I'd been a father for two years by that point, so I was working at, uh... Oh, young dad. Uh, this would have been 1992, so yeah, I was working, but then I was working at NBC, I think, where I was going between Fox and NBC. I'd been working as an executive assistant, a floating executive assistant at 20th Century Fox. I I worked in the um, executive building at 20th Century Fox. I... I toggled back and forth between the, the the south side of the executive building, which was where all the television was, FBC, Fox Broadcasting Company, 20th Century Fox Television, and the north side of the executive building, which was where all of the films, feature mm. films were made. And mm-hmm. on the north side where the feature films were being made, they were curing cancer. They uh- It was so deadly serious. I was working for... Barry Diller and Joe Roth and and I mean really you know uh, legendary I will never forget the first time Barry Diller called and I picked up the phone and it was like all of the he was must have been on some car phone and it was like all this and it I just yes, heard his voice ambience. coming through and it was it, it was it was like this is Barry Diller <laughs> oh my god it was Wait, like the who's devil. Barry Diller though um legendary studio head and uh, mm. and uh, he's like Patty Lapone in Hollywood. Yeah, but uh, he he was definitely as much uh, feared as he was loved. I will say, and he was a very terrifying figure to pretty much everyone in those days, okay. which he cultivated. Um, but, and let me guess, he was a white man. Uh, so really, it's an intuition that you have that <laughs> is really unfailing. <laughs> just was incredible. he Jewish? Yeah, That's yeah. You know, we've had a lot of stories, babe, that were lately that were just that have just been bad for the Jews. Let's just be honest. Bad for the Jews. Bad for the Jews. The vow, honey. The vow is bad for the Jews. Anyone watching the vow on HBO? Yeah, we gotta give a, a We gotta plug. give a shout out. We we're obsessed with it. It's about this basically a cult. Um which 
What do we love about it, babe, is that it, when you watch it... You can see how you would be sucked into it. Because it actually, the initiation of the whole thing is like, well, I mean, this is a guy, and he, you know, what he's he's saying... He's speaking, you know, logic, but like some, he has some kind of spiritual intuition, and the way he states it is like people can learn from it. And and, you could apply the principles that he's talking about to your life and make it better, which in fact does happen for some of these people. Absolutely. But then it takes a... (laughs) Then it begins to take Ooh, a grisly turn. Yes, honey. And uh, guess what? That's another man, a white man. Yeah. And is he Jewish? Is Keith Jewish? Uh, I don't think he's Jewish, but all but of his enablers are. The woman is. So that's yeah. that's one. You got your Michael Cohen, bad for the Jews. Eek. Um, you know, you got your Jeffrey Why Epstein. Why is everybody hating on Michael Cohen? I mean, bad obviously for the Jews. he's he made some bad choices, but he's coming. He's coming. No, clean. no, I'm I'm fine, but he's not. You know, I'm not gonna hold him up. No, no, no. But he's the only person from that administration or, you know. Well, there's actually a list of. Uh, well, there are. There are actually the Washington Post actually yeah. put out a list today of the 19 at least people who have defected from the but he administration. Was, was it safe form. to say he was the first one? Well, he's the most inside. I, he, he, he I mean, he knew the dirty secrets. He knew everything. And he's definitely come out. And he's I mean, I certainly find him very credible now. Um, and also, you know, his lies to Congress, which is what got him in jail, were in defense of his client, right. president. So, uh, he, which is awful, but at the same time, like, well, better late than never. Yeah. But babe, do you know who was good for the Jews? You. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I was going for a little higher, loftier, more historical perspective. Jesus. Yes, him too. Okay. But as we're recording this on Saturday morning (laughs) of Rosh Hashanah, um, the, uh, the, the, the... I'm still listening. I just, I have to actually, ooh, that was hurting me. Okay, we've lost... My twists and my headphones, Oh, we had the twists and the headphones we had to deal with. The twists were really like, because the headphones are If you follow us on social media, um... You will see that I put in... Some passion twists into my hair extensions, which I've during the pandemic I've learned how to do my own hair so I can braid and twist, and it's quite a lot of hair on my head. So the the headphones actually hurt me when they're they're up against my twists. Okay. But if if if, uh, if if the kids want to see you on social media, where do they go? Brianna Marie on Instagram. I'm barely on Facebook because apparently Facebook is for old people, to be honest. Well, it's That's also, what the kids say. My nephew told me that. It's the home of Russian propaganda now. It is, but also, like, they were like, and then I heard someone saying it at the cafe last night. Yeah. I'm someone not was Facebook talking anymore. about Facebook. Oh, and just by the way, while we're on the subject, uh, Mom, I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Stop sending me links to Facebook. <laughs> I don't. I haven't been on Facebook for six months. Please stop. It drives me insane. Um, and just to add, I, I'm barely on Facebook. Uh, it's just too much. Okay. okay. And now my mother also good for the Jews. Oh, excellent. But that's not even where I was going, babe. Okay. Where were we going? <laughs> babe, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh. Good for the Jews. Would you say? Now, I'm going to also tie this into Rosh Hashanah because... I don't know if you mm-hmm. know this. But... I read. Everybody read it. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. You, you, you... Someone who passes on Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. But I'm saying the accent wrong. Rosh Hashanah, that's fine. There's Rosh Hashanah, which is if you're trying to be Rosh Hashanah. I want to say it like it. that because I say tov, Shana Tova. <laughs> Shana Tova. Good. Good. Right. Okay, so hold up. Is this Jewish appropriation? When what do you, you mean? When you, when you, <laughs> I'm just asking. Because I, I need some, you know, equal time over here. Oh, leave her alone. Um, okay, yeah. So go ahead, if, if someone passes on this holiday, they, um, what does it mean, babe? That they are like. They're, they're <laughs> elevated in the, they're, they're, they're important. They are, their life was. Um, they, they, God held on to them as long as he could. Isn't uh, that a gag? Yeah, God held on to them as long as he could, and then, uh, and then he had, to, he had to take them, mm. because they were that important and that uh, last on earth. Wow, I want to, I want to pass away on that day. 
Okay, babe, let's really... Sorry. Do we have to get, you know, morbid about it? I mean, it's morbid enough. I'm sorry. So, and you must understand, my wife had her head in her hands for that entire last minute of, uh, of broadcast. You're really down about this, babe. So, so what do you think the kids want to know about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Should we talk about uh, just, like, you know, a little bit about who she was? Or just do you think people know? I, mean, uh, I think people know, but I think if you have some interesting facts, because I will say I watched that documentary on the plane. The, if oh, you have not watched yeah. the, the uh, I don't know what the title of it is. RBG, I think. Yes. If you have not watched that, please sit down and watch it just, you know, for her for her sake and her memory and just to learn about her because it's really well done. Um, now, there is a, there, here's a couple of interesting First of all, if you really want to get a, just a quick, great, um, uh, you know, read on her, uh, there's a writer uh, called uh, Linda Greenhouse uh, oh, at, yes, uh, yes. at the New York Times. She wrote an obituary, which is really good to read. But I, so I think this is, these are interesting points about the late uh, great Justice Ginsburg. So she served for over 27 years. She was, she was, this is amazing to me. She was confirmed by Bill Clinton back in the 90s. Do you know what the vote was in the Senate? Oh, it was like unanimous, right? Close. 96 to 3. Amazing. Unheard of, right? Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I lived through that era. I lived in the Clinton era. And, you know, (laughs) there was no war going on during the Clinton era. And if anybody remembers that, we weren't at war with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the economy uh, expanded and expanded and grew to the, the greatest prosperity we'd had since the 50s. And the bipartisan, I mean, for for Ruth Ginsburg, she was an openly liberal mm-hmm. justice, but she was confirmed by by both. Uh, but why? Why do you think that was? I mean, because she, her her credentials were unimpeachable. It had mm. no. There was, and she was clearly going to call balls and strikes. She was a liberal, but she was there. There was no. There was no partisan uh, right. slant in her right. judicial judgments. But also, this was not a this was not a time in America where where there was division. But of course, you know, there was enough division that the scandal in the Clinton administration was he lied about getting a blowjob, so he had to be impeached. You understand, he had to be impeached, and we had to install a Republican <laughs> uh, to replace him. Um, so I, I just do think that, and I and this is a side thing, but I, I just I, I do reflect. I'm I'm a I'm a little bit older than than you are, as we've established no. on this podcast. And it is amazing to me that when I'm going to lump now, I'm going to lump scandals and calamities, let's say, into one ball. And when you have a Republican administration, the the, the scandals and the calamities are like Watergate. Iran Contra, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 9-11, the global economic meltdown, Katrina. I mean, life-changing, course-correcting. A pandemic. Yeah, a, and then a pandemic. Um, when it's Democrats, it's like, he lied about a blowjob. That's a terrible thing. And Obama, as I recall, once wore a tan suit. <laughs> And I just, those are just the things that happen. Those are the facts on the ground. I never get this thing where like the, the cycle completes and there's this outcry from the other side going, well, this must end. These tan suits are unsupportable. We must go back to the policies that crashed the world the last time. And this is really, I think this is sweet about RBG. Mm-hmm. She and Antonin Scalia were actually very close. They were really good friends. They used to actually... Um, I knew that. They they uh, they went shopping together when they traveled, which is I didn't really, you know, remember. And, uh, and they went to the opera together. They loved Italian mm-hmm. opera. And then once they, they were riding an elephant together in India, did you know that? And Scalia was up front. That's adorable. And when, I know. And when asked about the feminism of that, Ginsburg said, well, it's about the weight distribution. <laughs> so, babe, what are we going to do about RBG? What are we going to do about it? Well, what do you mean, what are we going to do? Are we going to get more active? Are we going to kind of really get out there and get to the polls and really make sure we vote? We were already going to do that. Now, were we going to were we going to mail in the, the our, our our ballots or were we going to go and... I'm going I'm going 
in person. I don't have time for mail-in. Okay, good. Because I think... I just, I don't want to have to worry or like go, oh, I hope it gets there. Even if I go, you know, vote early. Oh, I hope the whole truck doesn't get, you know. So I was listening to John Lovett this morning. um, And I'm going to just, I'm going to play a second of him without permission. He wouldn't mind. Um, Because I just thought this was super, super profound. We recorded the show you're about to hear Thursday night, a different time that was already awful enough. The news is overwhelming. And of course, this important, serious, somber news with vast implications is fed into the mental meat grinder of Twitter. And already there are people who know what will happen and why nothing ever matters. I can go there too. I was just visiting that place for about an hour. Hope is annoying because it makes demands of you. I don't know what this fight looks like yet, but I know it's a fight and nothing is a foregone conclusion until the moment we accept that it is. No, Mitch McConnell doesn't give a shit, but that's the beginning of the story, not the end. RBG's dying wish was that her seat be filled by the next president. And while this is a shock, her seat was always on the line, always. The stakes keep getting higher. The work keeps getting more urgent and important. It is 45 days until the election. It is 123 days until Inauguration Day. If you're upset, if you're mad, if you're scared, if you don't know how much more unfairness you can take, join the club and figure out a way to put that towards helping. Okay, that's enough. Uh. Powerful, I thought. Yes. John Lovett on uh, Love It or Leave It. That's his pod. So I'll just give him that shout out so that... You know, when he hears this, he doesn't sue us for using it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Thank not God happen. you did that. That won't happen. Um, so yeah, I think it, it, the stakes were already really high. They were already really high, and now they just got a, an aggressive push uh, into higher. So so I've got a couple of things which I would normally say for the end of the pod, but I'm gonna um, just throw them out there right now, and you can like get out your pen and write these down. <laughs> Uh, there's a site that I gave $60 to today, and I'll tell you how that worked, uh, called Force Multiplier. Um, and it's uh, it, it goes straight to uh, your uh, ActBlue account, which you should have set up by now, if you've been giving any donations to uh, any Democratic candidates. ActBlue, they had... Um... In the nine in the nine p.m. hour, they had six point three million dollars given last night. Yeah, that's amazing because I guess it was nine o'clock, so that was when the news sort of broke. Yeah, there was six point something, six point three, and then in the ten o'clock hour is like another six some six point two million. It was crazy. Well, that's actually great. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, so if you feel so inclined, um, there are a few websites that you can go to. One of them is Force Multiplier, which took my sixty dollars and distributed it among six uh, Senate candidates um, in swing uh, swing elections that are going to help move the uh, Senate uh, to the Democratic column. And then uh, Swing Left is another one. Um, swing Left, Sweet Chariot. So when I note, I noticed when you when you sang Swing Left, you didn't take the note down on swing, swing low, you kind of went swing left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you were changing, because it was not going down on swing low, it was going swing left. What should it be? Swing. Well, if, if you were doing the old one, it'd be swing low, or swing left, sweet, you know. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I wasn't doing that. 2020, right? But you went swing left, But see, but to, I was doing my harmony, because if you do low, then oh. it goes... Swing left. Oh, you See? gotta hit the note though. You can't hover. No, that should have worked. Let's try it again. What's the note? Well, I'm going to swing low, sweet. Swing 2020. low. Swing low. Ooh, oh, no, that was not me. See, David. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Ready? Ready? Because <laughs> I was thinking about the words. Okay. Swing left. So I don't know why you're doing this weird thing where you hover above the note and then you go down to it. Oh. Left. Just go right left, to it. Swing left. Okay, ready? Swing left. Sweet. Still not not. It's. Uh, I'm not sure if you're like a harmonizer anymore. I. I think it's just that it's very low in my voice. Very mm, low. I don't think so. Let's <laughs> let's try it. Let's try swing. Ready? Swing, swing low. low. Sweet. Sweet. 
2020. <laughs> you didn't say the right notes that time. You swing said swing left, le- swing left, sweet 2020. You said swing low though. Oh, I did. You said the same. You said the wrong words. Uh, you know what? I'm not ready. Well, you're not like you're not a singer like me anymore. Sorry. But I could get it back. <sighs> Don't you some think? training, maybe. Um, and then Fair Fight is another one. You want to go to that Stacey Abrams site, um, which is yes. really about just making sure that the vote is uh, counted. Uh, I think you can volunteer to be a poll worker. We have some friends who have done that. And I will, we will give you, whenever we find out who uh, who you are, let us know. We will give you a shout out on the pod. Uh, yes. Volunteer to be a poll worker. Make sure you register to vote, obviously, and then plan your vote. Early voting has actually already begun in several states, including uh, Virginia. Uh, you can actually cast a vote now uh, via uh, mail, I think, in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, vote.org has a detailed list that lays out the specifics for each state. And you should go to vote.org, look at your state, and then there are there are these caveats about uh, uh, you know where and how you can vote in each state. But vote.org will will guide you through that the other thing i didn't really know just because the way my brain works i assume that once you can start voting early in a state that that means that you can vote up until election day that is actually not the case did you know Mm, that thing there's actually always a window and usually the window closes either a day before election day or maybe the friday before election day but it's actually not the case in some states it's a week before election day so you could start voting on october 15th but then it would stop early voting a week before. So make sure you go to vote.org and okay. find out exactly what that is. I'm getting the wrap-up signal from our producer. Well, I just don't want this episode to be all about voting. We have listeners in other countries. Oh, that's true. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. This is We've amazing. got analytics people. And oh, they, We've got listeners in Japan. Shout out to all my Japanese fans. Yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. Aishiteru. And yeah. I also, we have, we've got um, listeners in England, which of course the UK, we knew that the UK, we knew that, and it's probably Jeremy's sisters. So thank you <laughs> thank so much, you so much. Oh no, and it's our friends, the Gibsons, oh, the Sheen God. Gibsons. Oh, legendary. really? Yes, he's yes. a star. Well, they both are. They both babe. are. West End. Royalty. I haven't met um, his wife. Uh, Caroline, you never met Caroline? No. Oh, Caroline, we miss you. I miss you. I, we miss. And Michael. I do too. Like. Yeah. Uh, come on! I don't know you, but like I know I miss you. No, we've got we've got we've got Sabrina West End. Oh royalty. yes, we we've love got, Sabrina. We've honey. got Sally Ann Triplett and Gary Milner, who you know are they count as UK? Though they they live here most of the time, but they they are from there and they have actually gone back there. Hey Gary, hey Sal, hey Wait, Sabs. They've they've I, gone back there. I, I I you know I can't keep track. Oh God! It, it's possible. well when they did your reading, they weren't there, were they? They may have been. I don't. I don't know. Okay. We well, were anyway, but then we found out we've got listeners in Ireland. Isn't that amazing? <gasps> I wonder if that's Stephen Ashfield or is he Scottish? I thought he was Scottish. Okay. Um. Okay. So wait. And you're who is listening in Ireland? Can you text us or DM us? Yeah, let us know. And also, like, Ireland is on my bucket list. It, I I want to go there so badly. I did not know this about you. Yes, and I am six percent Irish. So let's never forget that. Well, I am one point two percent Nigerian, and I want to return. To my I would love to go to Nigeria too. I'm fifty something percent Nigerian. And we have to go to Kenya. We have to go to Kenya because I'm also Kenyan and Sierra Leonean. Yeah. Also Finnish, English, and Irish. So. And then and then I'm giving you Central Asian, of course. Yeah, me too. I'm giving Mm-mm. you I'm giving you Iran, Iraq. Oh yes, that's right, and I'm giving you Kazakhstan area. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Kazakh, and <laughs> I'm uh, and I'm 1.2 percent Nigerian. Yes. I mean 89 percent, you know, Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi Jew from Russia. <laughs> Whatevs. Whatevs. So, sorry to get off topic, you guys, but I just... I, no, wait, I, you're missing a whole country that we also have. Oh, what's the other country? Mexico, babe. Oh, Mexico! Isn't that Which we haven't been to in years. It's too long since we've been in oh, Mexico. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, Brighton Beach... Beach. ...was similar. Similar. In many ways. The water wasn't the same. No. So, wait, is our listener in Mexico... Um, I have no idea. Jesse? I bet it's Jesse. I bet it's Jesse. Jesse, if you're listening, shout out to you. 
Shout out to you and your beautiful home on the water. And your and your beautiful <sighs> husband Jacob and your life, which we, you know, we all covet. We all covet. That's the word. <laughs> but babe, you know, coveting also is also the food you're making. Oof. Oof. Yeah, we're okay. all watching. So that was this week in analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, let's talk about what this else? is look, this is oh, a political oh. week. Let's just be honest. It is a political week. We're getting week. close to the election. It's you know, we need to we need to talk about it. So um do you have any other preliminary uh, uh um information you want to get out there, babe, or is it time to can we move into the segment? Well, just to finish up RBG, um yeah. if you wanna see her documentary, go to Hulu. If you don't have a membership on Hulu, you can get it on Amazon Prime for a small fee. I think it's like $2. Um, you can also even get it on YouTube. Um, so please watch it because it's really, really good. And also, I have some for RBG. Um, when she was, when I was in D.C. doing Dave at Arena Stage. Oh, yeah. She did come on opening night. I remember that. It. I was there, and too. Unfortunately, um, she I did look over at her a number of times and she was asleep. But, you know, <laughs> look, she's she, old. She was 85 then. She was 85. But then I look at your mom and I'm like, well, guess yeah. what? No, your no. mom is not asleep in shows. She is up, moving around, driving, living her life. It's true. Attending classes. It's true. Getting her hair colored. It's amazing. I mean, and they're the same exact age. And they're the same exact age. So... <laughs> So, babe, you've got some good genes over here across the table front. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. So, <laughs> that's lucky. But you're right. Um, I remember she was there. Peter Marks was uh, quoting, uh, was tweeting about her the other day, the critic from uh, the Washington Post, mm -hmm. saying all the times that he saw her, mm -hmm. you know, at the opera. She loves the theater. She loves she loved theater. The theater. Yeah. 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 Well, RIP to that brilliant, brilliant... Yeah. legendary life-changing woman uh yeah she will be she will be missed Oof, and this is going to get missed. really really ugly in the next well, let's uh, just be real she was holding on for a long time like by a thread yeah there were so many in and out visits to yeah the it was hospital. amazing that she it, actually I mean, kept battling cancer in the way she yes, was able to yes she's so strong um what do you want to talk about now babe well if that's all of the preliminary uh work we've got to do then it's time for this week in, in gaggery all right babe so what you got for this week in gaggery i've got one well 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 i know a lot of people are not going to care about this but oh this week in gaggery there's a lot of gaggery this week <laughs> Um, it's it's all and I always get on the edge of my seat when someone says you're not gonna like this. <laughs> no, I didn't say like. I said care. Care, especially. Um, so uh, uh, this weekend, Gaggery for me was Big Brother. I know a lot of you people do not watch Big Brother, <laughs> and I got obsessed with it five years ago, four years ago, and I'm so upset with the person who introduced me, Alia. Um, but now I am, I have to watch every season. I have to watch the regular people. I have to watch the celebrities. I have to watch the all-stars. I have to watch everything. And you know what that means? That means that I have to get sucked into it too. But I, I have managed to resist the charms and the lure of Big Brother to a, to a considerable degree. But I, I do, I get it. I and mean, really what sucked me in was your imitation of Nicole. Nicole F. Which... Basically, she talks like this, and everything is really in her nose, and I just really want to be the head of household because I don't think that I can make really match the energy that, and then you do. Was it Jim? Jim, it is Jim. Jim, the Asian guy. The Asian guy was, with a Texas accent. Who was Nicole's, like, they were in the house at the same time, and then he used to be like, Nicole is a great competitor. She will be the head of household this week, but I refuse to allow Nicole to win this week because head of household is the most important thing I, I, I can do this week. I give my vote to Jim because I think that he should be the head of household. Nicole, you are a fierce competitor, but I respect you, and that that for that reason, I am going to put you on the block. I think he's a really great guy, but like I'm not going to give him my vote because I really think that... <laughs> Sorry. So we used to go back and forth with Nicole and Jim. And now Nicole is back on All Stars because she did end up winning that season. Um, and now we just really tune in to hear Nicole's voice. I miss Jim, though. 
Yeah, I do miss Jim. Um, but this uh, anyway, actually has this has, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this will have some socially relevant. Well, yes, I guess, but I kind of researched it. it again, and it's oh, it's it? moot. Oh. Um, so what happened was everybody thought basically that Memphis, one of the contestants, Memphis Garrett is his name. Oh, it's not the musical; it's Memphis, the <laughs> contestant. Good night. He, uh, everybody thought that he had used the N word because. Some of you may not know, but Big Brother, like, there's cameras all around the house at all times. And they edit the show to be what it is, but you can also tune in on CBS All Access and you can watch the cameras at all times. And it's something people who have, I mean, like, very little, uh, I I hate to say no life, but uh, people who just have time to watch uh, people in the house all that for 24 hours. So I never watched that, but apparently on one of the cameras, Memphis said the N word to one of the contestants, Cody. And uh, I watched the clip the other day, or I actually just watched it today. And it's not really, I don't think it really, I don't think that's what he's saying. And he cuts himself off, but I think he, a lot of people think he's saying idiot instead because he's called David an idiot many times. <laughs> David is one of the black contestants. And, and David yeah. is, he, he is uh, very sweet. He's different, though. He's real different. Um, so anyway, I, I'm the Big Brother CBS people have gone back. They've listened to it with all of these special engineered sound machines. And they've taken out all the excess noise. And they've zoomed in. And they said that he did not use the word. Um, and that they do not tolerate any racial slurs on the show. Blah, blah, blah. However, like two seasons ago, there was a contestant named Jack who was giving racial slurs. And he never got booted out. Um, he, uh, I mean, he did eventually get evicted. But he was never taken off the show by CBS. So we're watching you, CBS. And, um... But I think Memphis is okay. I, I think he didn't actually use the word in that moment. It was a very strange way that it was used. And when I first heard it and they bleeped it, I was like, eh, that's a, that's a weird, like, physicality to have when you say it. And he said it very matter-of-factly. I was just like, I don't know if that was the word he said. And now that I've listened to it without the bleep, I'm pretty sure it isn't. But that was a gag. Also, I have another This Week in Gaggery. Ooh, go. Um, Ice. Let's talk about the LaSalle Correction Center. Um, uh, a lot of you may know that this whistleblower came forward uh, named Don Wooten. And she basically uh, blew, took, blew the top off of the fact that there are mass, uh, what are they called? Hysterectomies. Hysterectomies happening at this detention center. Well, it's a, it's a private enforcement yeah women immigration in the, center. women immigrant women at, at this detention center were driven to this doctor right and they... and, and and there's also you know there's like not appropriate covid testing happening there there's doctoring of medical records happening a fabrication of medical records like she really but the mass, open. but the mass hysterectomies is where we're now. It, we're in Nazi territory for real. Absolutely. Now we're in Joseph Mengele. Now we're in Tuskegee Airmen. When now, Airmen. I mean, the, we've been through all of this. Um, so, uh, my only hope, and I, my hope is that it's just this one doctor, and it's not like what some do you sort mean? Of, it's just this one. Well, doctor. they've they've narrowed it down to this one doctor in this one facility. Oh, okay, giving, yes, but he's done many. He's done a lot to the point where. Um, the word that came back to the whistleblower from the immigrant women was that he's he, is he uh, he's called the the hysteric oh the, the uterus collector. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's Oof, it's uh, when I hear this, I mean, certainly you as a as a black woman and me as a Jew, we go. I mean, I immediately go to World War Two, and you immediately go to Tuskegee Airmen. And, you know, yeah, and uh, it's un- it's unbelievable that this is happening at all. It's unbelievable that it's happening in our name. Um, I, it's really hard for me to not imagine that it's all intentional. So um, as, as some of you, I, I don't know if you know, but be, as soon as she blew the whistle, she was, uh, her her status went from like- Full-time to, to, to part-time as and as needed, right? Right, and so people are helping her. She has a GoFundMe called Project Whistleblower Don Wooten. It has currently $95,000, and if you wanna help, um, if you wanna donate, uh, that's kind of amazing. It's a black woman. 
who's doing this and um I think it's really cool that people are coming together to try to protect her and help her because people needed to know that this was happening. It's really fucked up. Well, that's a good one, babe. That's, that's a, also a gag. So, yeah, you know, no, I'm giving gag. you range, honey. I'm giving you pop culture, mm-hmm. but I'm giving you real life. Mm-hmm. That's going to be in our next uh, trailer. I'm going to snip that 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 right there. <laughs> it's a range. All Always. Right. All right. Oh, also this week. Oh, sorry. Go, go. No, 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 no. No, it's fine. No, you go, baby. <laughs> All right. So I guess it's me. So, um, hey, babe, do you remember that time when uh, when Obama's national security advisor came out and wrote a book and said that Obama sought a quid pro quo with the Ukraine? You remember that? Yeah. No, you don't remember that because that didn't happen. That happened to the current president. Oh, mm-hmm. Obama. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were saying... That no, man. No, no, no. Yeah, do you remember when Obama's Secretary of State resigned and then came out and called Obama pretty undisciplined, doesn't like to read, and tries to do illegal things? Do you remember that when that happened? No, no, because no, that didn't happen to Obama. Uh, babe, I could go on for nineteen more people like that. His uh, his DNI, his economic advisor, um, his personal lawyer, his niece, his sister. Um, They've all come out and, you know, a dozen more with with inside accounts, books um, of uh, tapes, tapes. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and uh, all of that seems to be OK, I guess, uh, with uh, with a very high number of uh, people in that party. Um, but this week in Gaggery, uh, a woman named Olivia Troy uh, came out and uh she was working with um, the vice president on mm, uh, yes. on he was on the um, COVID nineteen task force, and I'm going to play uh, her uh, her testimony that she sat down for after she resigned to uh, Republican voters against Tweety Pig uh, RVAT, um, and uh, I'm going to let you decide. I'm Olivia Troy. I was Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor to Vice President Pence and served as Vice President Pence's lead staff member on the COVID-19 response. You know, I've been on the COVID task force from day one. I mean, the virus was very unpredictable at the beginning. There were a lot of unknowns, but towards the middle of February, we knew it wasn't a matter of if COVID would become a big pandemic here in the United States. It was a matter of one. But the president didn't want to hear that because his biggest concern was that we were in election year and how is this going to affect what he considered to be his record of success. It was shocking to see the president saying that the virus was a hoax, saying that everything's okay when we know that it's not. The truth is he doesn't actually care about anyone else but himself. He made a statement once that was very striking. I never forgot it because it pretty much defined who he was. When we were in a task force meeting, the president said, maybe this COVID thing is a good thing. I don't like shaking hands with people. I don't have to shake hands with these disgusting people. Those disgusting people are the same people that he claims to care about. These are the people still going to his rallies today who have complete faith in who he is. If the president had taken this virus seriously or if he had actually made an effort to tell how serious it was, he would have slowed the virus spread. He would have saved lives. It was the opportunity in honor of a lifetime to be able to serve in the White House. I put my heart and soul into this role every single day. But at some point, I would come home at night, I would look myself in the mirror and say, are you really making a difference? Does it matter? Because no matter how hard you work and what you do, the president is gonna do something that is detrimental to keeping an American safe, which is why you signed up for this role. It was awful. It was, it was terrifying. I have been a Republican for my entire life. I am a McCain Republican, I am a Bush Republican, and I am voting for Joe Biden because I truly believe we are at a, a time of constitutional crisis. At this point, it's country over party. Eek. <laughs> so go to RVAT and share this with your uh, um, family. Um, that was a woman who was on the inside. Uh, and I mean, immediately, of course, you know, the vice president came out and said, oh, just another disgruntled employee. And I, my point is, in the Obama administration, 
There were not nineteen. There were not nineteen plus, you know, employees and 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 public servants. There was no one ever. Ever. And and this is routine. And 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 uh, I I know, like our our audience is on this side, but I also know a lot of you are in swingy states, and I know you have family, and I know it's a really hard conversation to have. In a lot of a lot of instances, I'm very fortunate in that I don't have those difficult conversations with my family because everyone in my family that I'm aware of is on this side, and on the other side there is a blackout of this information. It's just not being delivered to them. They're not hearing about it or seeing about it, and when mm-hmm. they do, even when it comes out of the president's own mouth, one of a, a Republican senator will come out and say it's fake news. But it came out of the president's mouth. It's on tape. Bob Woodward recorded it. <laughs> it's fake news, and mm. the, and and you cannot have a functioning democracy, which we essentially right now don't have, um, if there is no objective truth. And uh, our only hope, and I believe we will get there, is that uh, Joe Biden is elected president on November third in an overwhelming landslide amount of numbers, uh, and. If we can bring in Florida early by 11 o'clock on uh, election eve, that will be the beginning of the end of any claim that the president can make on uh, a rigged election, if, if, we can, if we can bring in Florida early. So uh, if you know people in Florida, <sighs> you, wanna, out, you, wanna, you, wanna, you wanna start there. And I will say, I'm gonna give a shout out to Michael Bloomberg. He decided to put his hundred million dollars into Florida oh amen um and you know he's done a lot of things where he's made a lot of promises that he's not kept uh, primarily uh that he would keep his campaign going with all of his staffers which Mm -hmm. he stopped doing but he did wait until he could look at the field and say where's my money going to be the most of use and he put it into Florida and he's right that is where that money should go and it's where it's going so I think that's it. I mean, I just wanted you to hear Olivia Troy, if you hadn't already, and then share her on uh, uh, Republican voters against Tweety Pig. And that's it for this This week in Gaggery. Babe, do you have a call out call in this week? Uh... Long, <laughs> so long sorry. Pause. I'm really gonna leave that pause in because I think it was <laughs> it was pregnant and meaningful. I am going to uh, first. I'm gonna do this. Yes. Call yeah. out. Oh. Call in. Mm-hmm. Call out. Give it up. Call in. Call out. Uh-huh. Call in. Bring it back. Call out. And what? And in. Hey. That was the best one, baby. That was record ready, that one. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I just went with it. Uh, What's your call out? Call in, baby. Um, I got, I got, uh, I got a call. I got a call out to Lovecraft Country. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I have to do it. I have to do it. There's a lot. I know y'all do not want to hear this. I know you don't. (laughs) But look, there's a, there's a, in, in a world of, of black excellence, which includes, uh, you know, Michaela Cole's. I I may destroy you, which is a frankly like a twelve or twelve episode masterpiece of television. Watchmen, which is also on HBO, which Brilliant. is a, a, a probably um, unwitting antecedent to Lovecraft Country in that it takes yes. a, a a you know a, a real historical you know event like from the Tulsa Black American Massacre. history that is underreported and under yes uh, under. And fusing it with this, like, you know, fantastic uh, superhero science fiction world. Like, brilliantly done. Because they rooted rooted everything in that historical event. So you always felt like every decision, every turn they made in the plot was always linked back to this need to have, like, not vengeance, but, but have some type of... Justice and order. Justice and, for that historical event. And it also took uh, Watchmen. I didn't. I only knew this because uh, you know, I talked to uh, 
my future son-in-law Brandon about it, and he mm-hmm. he knew. But uh, I remember when the Watchmen movie came out that Zack Snyder did several years ago, and it was unwatchable to me. Like I, it was just it was horrible because I, I just don't think that director knows how to tell a story, and it was just what is this? It was just a mess, um, and that the entire um, Oklahoma uh, Tulsa massacre was the invention of the television series um and that it then incorporated all of the mythologies of watchmen uh which was the 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 um graphic novel um that it had been based on uh and uh and really fused it together beautifully and then what happens is the expectation comes up that you're gonna have lovecraft country which is going to also take this period in jim crow uh history told from the perspective of uh these uh black characters and it's incredible to see black characters at the center of mm-hmm. a show and and it's their story and um we don't you know the science fiction and and all of those elements getting fused together is so thrilling and so exciting and unfortunately I, we've seen Watchmen, so now we're ready for everything to be at that level narratively mm-hmm. and storytelling wise and we gotta we, we gotta call you out and call you in lovecraft country we hate to do it but uh I think we're in accord on this one, aren't we, babe? The storytelling is not where it needs to be on the Lovecraft the Country. storytelling, baby. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? There are some incredible, like, visuals. As a horror buff, I find some of the visuals to be positively frightening, which is really cool for That's me. That's good. Because I'm watching television, and, you know, I usually have to go to the movies to see that. So, and they're super graphic. Like, you know, the last episode, I won't say, but it was, you know, this idea of what would it, what would it be like to have a white woman's skin for a, a day and, and, and how would people treat you and what would you feel? And that's a really cool question and thing to explore. Um, and they dealt with it very graphically. Um, and at some points it just became gratuitous and it also my issue with it is that good horror movies set the rules from the beginning Mm. and they abide by those rules the whole time so you always know how it's going to end but you just don't know how it's going to play out how you get there how you get there the ring I know if somebody answers this phone and you hear this little girl talk about five days, somebody going to die in five days. Now, do we know how they're going to die, how awful it's going to be, how gruesome it's going to be? No. Do we know? Is she going to come out the TV? Is she going to come out the well? We don't know. But we know what's going to happen. And so part of it is like, okay, cool. This is like, we, 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 we the rules, we, we haven't established the rules. So... I'm seeing this woman wake up in white skin and she's terrified and then all of a sudden her bones are cracking and it seems to be that whenever she is uncomfortable and her black self wants out, her bones are cracking and she busts out of the body. But then in the next scene, she would be uncomfortable and she doesn't. And it's just like, okay, well, well, how do we know when this is going to happen? It also got set up that she wakes up in the white girl's body uh-huh and then i was just confused by how the transformation it's what you're saying what are the rules of the transformation what are the rules because it, because we didn't see the first transformation at all no we, and then we a, never even saw it. this white man gave her a potion i i think yeah all of the action happened off stage but once then again. there's this moment when when it's incredibly violent but the man has to stab the shit oh, out right. of her and rip her apart physically and and then that's how the tra- is that how the transfer what at what well, point we did we that don't know happen? why that had to happen a lot of, it was i mean cuz i suppose it was you know graphically spectacular to watch uh and, and revolting but i didn't you're right the rules the rules are are are, are always unclear it's never really clear <sighs> also after the first episode well this is one thing we say is like the entire journey of the series basically happened by episode two. Yeah, the the episode, a major character uh, ceases to be very early in the series. And at that point, you're like, oh, wow, you really... You well, he of... was the only one rooting us in any type of reality we cared about. And and he was the one you were rooting for. Yes. And, 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 and so that was sort of like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not that I'm not rooting. I am rooting for the other characters. But the, but the two issues are... Well, you are... know what? That was the issue, is that... 
he knew all the rules because he was the one who read all the books yeah. and knew the poetry right, right, right. and knew the words right. and the pages. That's right. So you could hope that he would be your so guide. He, yes, he and was going to be the his, guide for the show. You could see Now that he's eyes. gone, it's like, oh, we just watching people figure stuff out. They don't know nothing. They don't know what's happening to them. Well, and worse than that, and this is a, the basic storytelling problem, what do they want? Oof, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. And that's... This week? Nope. Nope. And that's... Call out. Hey. Call in. Okay. Call out. Do it again. Call in. And then what? Call out. Okay. Call in. Bring it back. Call out. And what? And in. Hey. All right, babe. That's uh, that's this week. That's episode 12. Nope. We got two more things I want to discuss. Okay. Number one, Go. if you guys like Jesus Christ Superstar oh, and yeah. you like women, mm. which are two things... I adore. You should definitely think about going to your Apple Music or your Spotify or wherever you stream music and download music and download volume two of Jesus Christ Superstar. You should also download volume one, but I'm not on it. So, you know, the stakes aren't as high. But volume two, I am on This Jesus Must Die. And uh, I would I would recommend you listen to it if you like music theater and you like women who sing really well, including Morgan James, Shoshana Bean, Cynthia Erivo, Lettucey, um, Orfe, and myself. And Harada. And Harada, Bridget Everett. Um, Debbie Gravitt. Debbie Gravitt. It's incredible. It's it, We've got all like really powerhouse women of Broadway and beyond. Now this and is Jesus Christ Superstar, but the album is called? The album is called She Is Risen. Um, and it is a, a sort of a concept. It is supposed to be the whole thing, but right now we're, we're releasing uh, one volume at a time. So, so far there have been two volumes and the second one came out yesterday on Maddie's birthday. And um, if you want to hear me sing some like really high rock rock stuff. This is interesting because uh, apparently there are a bunch of rights issues in getting to do this at all and Morgan yes, James worked it yes. out. But but one of the stipulations from Andrew Lloyd Webber was everything has to be in the original <laughs> keys. You can't change the keys even though the women are singing it. Yes. So, so we are all singing it an octave higher or some, Debbie is singing an it octave in, the, lower. In, in an octave lower. So And everyone is slaying that particular problem and making that chaos into a huge opportunity I yeah, have to say. It actually sounds like that's how it was supposed to be. It's, it's, it is is a truly special recording. I'm not a huge uh, ALW fan most of the time. I do think that Jesus Christ Superstar, from a musical standpoint, is probably his most inventive work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this recording does it proud as elf. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, you guys. So Shout out to Morgan James and uh, and uh, also yes. to my beautiful wife, who's unbelievable. And all of our, our incredible, it's an all-female produced, all-female uh, band, all-female cast. We've got this all-female girls' choir called A Broader Way. Um, so it's only women have touched it, which is why it slays. Um, and the second thing I want to say is shout out to our one of our best friends, Miss Trista mm. Dahl. Yes. Um, uh, is, it's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Trista. So we just want to say, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Trista. Happy birthday to you. Done. We love you. Um, we love Clarence. We love Aria. We love the whole family. And we're so grateful that you were born. Amen. Amen. So, babe, you know, we started this uh, this whole thing today in the uh, in the pits of uh, Mount Doom. Oh, sure. On the uh, on the on the mountain of Mordor, or it's I don't really remember. But what I would like to end with today is a is a quote that uh, our friend Nick Walker posted on Instagram this Mm. morning from the Lord of the Rings. Okay. And uh, it goes like this: Frodo says, "I can't do this." Sam. And Sam says, I know it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing 
this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. Frodo says, what are we holding on to, Sam? And Sam says, that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. And Sam. subscribe and if you want to tell us how we're doing please leave us a rating or a review if you'd like to follow us on social media i'm brianna marie and he's dave lyrics music for this podcast is by Bo black thanks for listening everybody look forward to having you back for the next episode taste the swirl everyone bye